So I felt like I prepared pretty well for this morning, but the one thing I didn't bring was my Bible. Um, and then on Eli reminded me I have my phone, and then I was reminded that my wife's and my phones are right there. So when I get to the passage, would one of you agree to read it loudly for us? Psalm 23, 1 through 3. Carla will read it loud for us. All right. Well, let's begin with a question. And that question is, who is your God, Christian? Who is this God that you worship and love and follow and serve? So we see a lot of titles for God throughout his word. Uh, We see that he's creator, that he is king, uh, that he's a warrior, that he is a judge and a ruler. But one of the most heartwarming, comforting titles we see in all scripture is the reality that God is our shepherd. So as we're getting back together and resuming meeting in person, uh, each one of us, like Lee has just prayed, has handled the events of the past three months in different ways with varying levels of concern, fear, and frustration. And so during these first few meetings back together, I desire to lead us back to Psalm 23, back to God as shepherd, God as provider, God as defender, God as hope. See, most of the world has experienced stay-at-home orders over the past several months. Uh, The motto has been, stay home, stay safe. And Christian, ultimately, that must remind us that our safety in our home is ultimately always in God our shepherd. So let's retreat. Let's retreat back to this familiar psalm and let's recall its riches again. Marvel at its grace again. So with Carla, with that, Carla's going to read loudly for us Psalm 23, 1 through 3. And you're all thinking you should, you should have this memorized. What can I say? Carla. Thank you. Two points for this morning, and those two points are the first verse. For point one, the Lord is my shepherd. Point two, I shall not want. Uh, And for the kids here, uh, I know that you don't have a class, so this is just an option for you. But uh, last Sunday, when our kids were watching the live stream, which was the first time they actually sat down and watched the live stream, so full confession there. They were having a hard time sitting still. We were like, you you need to get ready for this again because next week we're going to be meeting together. So I picked buzzwords for them to raise their hands or count with along in the sermon. So if you'd like, and you have a pencil and pen or paper, if you hear me say shepherd, starting from now on, you write down a, a tally mark, all right? And then afterwards, you can either come up to me or have your parents come up to me and tell me how many times you counted the word. And this is where it starts. Shepherd. All right. So you don't have to do that. If you have your coloring pages and you're in the middle of Mickey Mouse, that's fine. All right, first point is the Lord is my shepherd. So if you were with us during our walk through the book of Exodus about a year or so ago, you'll remember the significance of the name Yahweh, often shown as all caps L-O-R-D in your English translations. So that's God's name. It's a specific name about who he is. Uh, it shows that he is, I am who I am that he is a self-existent one. But it's also that name that is then related to and connected with his covenant faithfulness to his people, Israel, throughout the whole Old Testament. 
And it's that name that begins our psalm this morning. Yahweh is my shepherd. And so right away, before we get to anything about shepherding, and that counts too, kids, um, we're struck by this covenant mercy and faithfulness of the Lord. Here is the I am, who is the basic principle of all existence. He's why things hold together, why things are. And yet we're reminded that he is also the God who stoops down in mercy towards his people. And the relationship shown here in Psalm 23 is a striking one. God is described, Yahweh is described as my shepherd. So this Psalm is written by David. You might remember David has hands-on experience with shepherding. So if you're in 1 Samuel 16, you see that Samuel is called to go anoint one of the sons of Jesse to be the next king of Israel. And he goes through the first couple impressive sons, and then he asks if there are any others. And Jesse says, yeah, but he's out tending the sheep. David became a king from the sheepfold, from the pasture. He was a shepherd. He guided his sheep. He tended them. He protected them from predators. We'll see that more next week, Lord willing. And now he brings that imagery to bear on God. This is how he understands God to be. God's provision, God's care for his people, for his flock. See, church, God is king, God is judge, God is ruler, but he is also shepherd of his people. One uh, commentator says it like this. He says, of all the figures that are applied to God in the Old Testament, that of shepherd is most beautiful. So I think many of us come back to Psalm 23 when we feel weary and tired and sad. Why is that? Why do we come to Psalm 23? Because the truth that God is a shepherd for us, for his people, is a source of overwhelming comfort. Just like a shepherd his sheep, God protects, God nourishes, God leads, God fights for us. He never takes a day off. He's always in the field with his sheep. He never stops providing. So the scholar Derek Kidner says, the shepherd lives with his flock and is everything to it. Guide, physician, and protector. He is everything to his flock. And so it is with God and us. So let's not, let's not skip over that word my there in verse one. Do you see that little word my? The Lord is not just a shepherd. The Lord is not even just a one and only shepherd. For the Christian, the Lord is my shepherd. So he doesn't just lead the universe, he leads me. He doesn't just protect the weak, he protects me. He doesn't just restore the needy, he restores me. The Lord is a personal God. See, he is the God of his people, but he's also the God of every single one of his people. You can know God personally, intimately. You can know his voice as the one who leads you out to pasture and then back to the fold. Charles Spurgeon once said, the sweetest word of the whole is that monosyllable, my. He does not say, the Lord is a shepherd of the world at large and leadeth forth the multitude as his flock, but the Lord is my shepherd. 
If he be a shepherd to no one else, he is a shepherd to me. He cares for me, watches over me, and preserves me. Christian, do you know God like that? If you don't, do you see how this description and title of God as shepherd actually beckons you to come and learn him in this way, to come and be nourished by him? So you, do, you cannot know God as your shepherd by study only. You know God as shepherd by being a weak sheep, by being in need, and as we'll see next week, Lord willing, by being in the valley. And many of us have been in one of those places the last three months, in need, weak, or in the valley. That is the way a sheep approaches a shepherd. Another author puts it, the more tender, helpless, or burdened any of the flock may be, the greater will be the shepherd's compassion. So do not assume God will hold you at arm's length if you come to him in your need. He will be compassionate towards you, like a shepherd his sheep. So David takes this imagery of God as shepherd, and then he goes into verses 2 and 3 to show what would have been the daily routine of a shepherd. So a shepherd would get up, he would lead his flock out to graze in pasture land in the morning. Around noon, he would then lead his sheep beside water to be refreshed. And then having been renewed and refreshed, the sheep would then, with, with renewed strength, go back to their pen. And that's the routine David uses now to show the acts of God towards his people. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. That's a, that's a picture of provision. God provides for us. He knows what we need and he provides that. He is not short on stock, like Harris Teeter and toilet paper for the needs of our life. He never runs out. The pasture land he leads us into satisfies. He leads me beside still waters. That's a picture of rest. God brings his people into rest. I wonder, does that, does that sometimes not compute with you? Uh, does sometimes God seem more like a taskmaster or a rule giver? Or does he... Or do you see him as the one who brings you into rest? Uh, in normal conversations, you probably all had this conversation uh, with people and different personalities. Are you a leader or are you more of a follower? Right? Because some people are more prone or inclined to leadership and others are more happy to follow and serve behind the scenes. And that's fine and good. That's the way we're created. But Christian, in this sense, can you see that all of us must be a follower? We don't know the way to go. We must follow the leader. He restores my soul. So the shepherd would have then lifted those, or not lifted, but called those sheep up, renewed and refreshed after a time of midday uh, by the, the stream. And he would have led them up happily back to the, the sheepfold. And in the same way, our souls, when we rest in the Lord and we're provided for by him, our souls are refreshed. Because I don't know about you, but our souls are often in need of reviving. And God does that for us. God provides refreshing for the fatigued and correction for the wayward. So Christian, in your loneliness, in your despair, in your anxiety or your stress, God knows exactly what your soul needs. He has a perfect diagnosis. It's inerrant. 
It has no mistakes in it. And he is a perfect cure himself. He will either correct you if you're in need of correction and lead you into repentance, or he will sustain you if you're fatigued and weary and lead you into peace. Are you going to him when you're broken? He is in the business of restoring souls. He leads me in paths of righteousness. The shepherd who with his sheep leads them back to the fold, he knows the right paths to take, doesn't he? And God, the the all-righteous one, knows the paths of righteousness for his flock. And as they walk in his paths, they find peace and rest. Do you see the connection? Our unrighteousness is what brings us brokenness and, and unrest. And so it makes sense that the psalmist would pair God's righteousness with our peace. They accompany each other. God's way is the way to rest for us. We must follow him. The shepherd leads. We must follow. So I wonder if there's an area of obedience in your life right now that you're bucking up against. If you're like me, that happens regularly. So with a current struggle in mind, if you have anything, like I know I should do that or I shouldn't do that. I know God calls me to that or doesn't call me to that, but I, I, I'm not listening right now. I wonder whose path you're going to follow. Yours or the, the shepherd's who loves you, who restores your soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Think about it. What would happen if God led us down wrong paths? Well, his reputation would be marred, wouldn't it? His name would be seen as unfaithful to his people. But church, God is not unfaithful. He's always steadfast and true. He leads us rightly because that's who he is. See, ultimately, God is faithful to you because he's faithful to himself. God is faithful to you because he's desirous of his own glory. And that should be actually really comforting for us. Because that means that God providing for us as our shepherd is not based on our merit, but on his mercy. That's who our God is. That's who your God is, Christian. He is your shepherd. So what? Have you ever listened to the the sermons by Lon Solomon over the last couple decades at McLean Bible? He would always say, so what? That's a good question to ask of this passage. We all know these things. This is great. This is comforting. So what? Why should this matter? What difference should it make more than just making for a good design on a custom t-shirt, right? Well, David gives us the answer in verse one, and that's our second point. Because the Lord is my shepherd, so what? I shall not want. David's engaging in logical reasoning. Because A is true, B also must be true. So because the Lord is my shepherd, it should be true then that I shall not want. I shall not lack in any good thing. David writes in another Psalm, Psalm 34, and he says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Those who seek the Lord 
Those who have God as their shepherd lack no good thing. That's the truth for everyone who has God as his shepherd. No good thing is withheld. You know, we are often, not just over the last three months, but we're often bombarded with people telling us what we need, right? Our needs are, are held up in front of our eyes, especially when we turn on the TV or drive through the city or turn on or, or surf the internet. So recently, uh, my family has watched various YouTube channels. I will not dis- disclose the amount of those channels. Um, but one of the, the ads that has come across, like you have to skip ad before the, the, the video begins, and I shared this with the men's group last week. Um, but one of the ads, I think it's Xfinity, don't quote me on that, but they seem like the kind of company, no, just um, it, it begins with a, a woman, and she says, right now, you need reliable internet and endless entertainment. Uh, those are the first words of the ad. And, and we always sit there and we're just like, I, I guess we are watching you right now, so you got us. But um, really? Because the, the context of that ad is COVID, right? The context is, sh- is the, the company knows we're being stuck at home. And so what, in the midst of all that anxiety and isolation and quarantine, the ad wants us to see that our main need, being stuck, being alone, is reliable internet and endless entertainment. And some of us have tried those gods, even during this last quarantine. They haven't satisfied fully. Because the more entertainment, the less entertaining it becomes. But the ad does say something true, doesn't it? It says, right now you need. And that's always true for every single one of us. As self-sufficient as we like to think we are, every one of us, every second of our lives can say, right now we need. We are always in need. And David says that his needs, what he really needs, is always met because God is his shepherd, because God provides, because God leads. Christian, have you tasted that? Have you tasted that the Lord is good and that he gives you what you need? Perhaps you look at your life even this morning and you see just a list of outstanding needs. You need relational reconciliation with people in your family or your friends or your work. You need more financial stability. You need mental health. You need more stamina physically to keep up with your kids. You need a consistent job. You you need a a peaceful home to come home to. And all those things are right things to desire in their place. But if you have God as your shepherd, David's saying you already have everything you need. That doesn't mean you cease striving for those other things. That's part of obedience and sanctification. But in God, you already have everything you need. How can we say that? How can that be true? Is that just David talking about kind of an inner peace that religion provides? Paul gives us the reason in Romans 8.32. This is a verse we quote often because it's one of the key verses to understand grace. How can we know God will give us everything we need? God who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us everything, all things. You see, God 
gave his only son. He can't give us any more than that. He certainly can't give us any less now that he's given us his son. He's already given us the greatest gift he had. And so the gifts he may or may not choose to give us during this life will never compare to what he's already given us. Since he did that, his sheep can be assured that he will provide for their day-to-day, month-to-month, year-to-year needs. So will you look to him? Will you trust the shepherd? God did not spare his only son, and that son is the shepherd, isn't he? Jesus is the good shepherd of Psalm 23. Lee read it for us earlier in John 10, when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. But then he goes on to show something more than what Psalm 23 had eyes to see. He says he is the good shepherd. But then he says what the good shepherd does. I am the good shepherd, says Jesus. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd struck down for his flock so we can be brought into his fold forever and ever and ever. God has laid the sins of his wayward sheep, not on our shoulders, but on the shoulders of the shepherd himself. That's what we see in Isaiah 53, right? All we like what? Sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him, that is a prophecy of Christ. He has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Uh, if, If you're not a Christian, if you can't say the Lord is your shepherd, that your shepherd has laid down his life for you, then turn to him today. See your iniquity laid on your shepherd rather than you. Be brought into his flock forever and ever. And Christian, church family, how has God impressed on your mind during COVID-19 how much need you have? What have you learned about your neediness in the past three months plus? What have you learned about what you lack? Can you see how Jesus, your shepherd, supplies all you really need? You know, for the Christian, COVID-19 is a terrible thing, but for the Christian, every suffering is a gift from above. So you can be sure as a Christian that the past three months have been on purpose for you to recognize your need and to recognize your shepherd all the more. So can you you look at the cross and say, I see the cross, I shall not want. Can you see how your trust is most fully secure when it's in him? Christian, have you seen how your shepherd has guided you and he has proved his faithfulness to you over and over and over again like we'll sing soon? This morning, once again, is a time for us together to taste and see how sweet it is to trust in Jesus, to trust in the good shepherd. That's what we'll sing about soon, how sweet it is to trust in Jesus. But let's pray. Lord, Psalm 23 is a gift that keeps on giving. And I know I've needed it to study. uh, And I pray that it would be a benefit to our church. That we would see you, Lord, as the shepherd who provides, sustains, nourishes, protects, 
that you're all we need. And so bless us now as we sing your praises. In Jesus' name, amen.